0: You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. We are blessed around this place with some uh, creative types, you know what I'm saying? Um, the stage behind us, you guys see the these beautiful banners, just the, the, the atmosphere, the lights. You guys have been here long enough, know that um, we change things up frequently. I think it's because this this particular ministry has a lot of people with ADD, and we get bored really, really quickly. And so we got to keep ourselves entertained. And so we're always trying to change things for no good reason at all. But um, Cassie Vera is just, man, what a blessing that she has been to our, our ministry since day one. She, uh, she just pours herself into everything that she does. And, and um, a lot of times you don't get to see the people that do a lot of the things that, that we do. There's there's a handful of people that do an awful lot and they don't get to, say, to hear thank you um, very often. And so um, we're gonna try to continue to let you guys know who do, does what around here. Um, but hopefully you'll find a place to contribute to because one of the things that we believe is that when God starts to come alive in people and that's what's happening for many of you is you're experiencing life and God is coming alive inside of you. One of the first things that he does is he starts to take the old things and make them brand new inside of you. And that means that the creative juices that he put inside of you when you were born, that maybe you've never had a chance to use in your life and they've been sitting dormant, guess what? God's gonna cause those things to come to life. And we wanna give you a place to use them. And um, so... If you got something that you wanna do, please don't be afraid to ask and let us know what's cooking. And and the rule is around here is you gotta be willing to um, be told if your idea sucks. So if you tell us something, you're like, hey, I got an idea, we're just like, no, that sucks. Then you gotta be okay with that. But that doesn't mean don't come again. We wanna hear your ideas because some of the most brilliant inventions came on the guy's fourth or fifth try, right? So don't stop, that's what we do. So So I've had some real losers around here and I've been told, Jason, that sucks. All right, all right, I'll keep trying. So anyway. I don't know why I got off on that. Let's let's open the Bible tonight. We're going to take a look at some really cool stuff um, for the next several weeks. We're going to be exploring. Um, we're going to be exploring something that I hope will be very beneficial for many of us um, in the place that we are currently walking in our lives and in our walk with God. We're going to be talking about the kingdoms that are around us right now. Many of you have, have seen movies where you've seen probably the most vivid movie that we could all relate to is the Star Wars saga, where you've got Darth Vader and the evil empire, and they were on the what side? Do you guys know? The dark side. Look, I'm your father. And he does this whole thing of joining the dark side. And, and then on the other side is what? The force. There's the dark side and the force. And there's this, there's this Complete nemesis going on between these two arch rivals. And, and there's this, this battle that we all get to watch and enjoy in these movies. And we see all the, the creatures and all the different things. And we get to see Yoda. Know, they make these things float and all this stuff. And I love Star Wars. But for many of you, and for myself included, many times we fail to see that there truly are two kingdoms active all around us all the time. We're very aware of the world that we live in. We're very aware of the fact that if you cut me, I hurt and I bleed and it's tangible, it's touchable. You can feel it. We're very aware of our emotional pain. We're very aware of when we go through something difficult and our anger rises up or our emotions get hurt, we know what that feels like. It's, it's right there and it's, it's, you can prove it's right there but there's a completely other thing going on all around us all the time that we are completely unaware of. We're blind to it, we're deaf to it, we don't hear it. And by, by and large, we fail to give it the proper status in our lives that it deserves. There truly is a dark side and a light. There truly are two kingdoms at work all the time. I wanna read you a short passage of scripture In the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. I want to ask you a question tonight. Have you ever thought of yourself as being valuable? Being something or somebody that's valuable, that's worth something. A few weeks ago, on a Monday night, we were having our men's Bible study, and something happened during this men's Bible study to several of us that were sitting there. God began to speak some things to us in a way that really changed us, many of us that were sitting there. He began to cause us to become aware of something that many of us had never been aware of before. And the thing that we began to to, to focus on as we studied scripture was the fact that there truly are two kingdoms that are active all the time, all around us. There's light and there's dark. There's life and there's death. There's hope and there's despair. There's truth and lies. There's all kinds of things that are happening all the time. But what we began to realize is that these kingdoms weren't just active, doing their own thing, but these kingdoms were focused on something. And do you know what they were focused on? They're focused on you, they're focused on me. They're focused on what is happening in this world and in our lives. The kingdoms that are at at work and that are working are really focused on you as the prize. Being valuable, being something that is worth that kind of attention. It's really amazing when you think about it. You think about God on one side... And we've learned and studied and read scriptures that talk about how God wants to take our lives and he wants to shape them and then he wants to hold them up for everybody to see and he wants everybody to see this is what I do with a broken, messed up, jacked up life. This is what I do. I take the old and I make it brand new. I take the ugly and I make it beautiful. I take the addicted and I set them free. I take the ones who have completely walked into a world that is destroyed and I have redeemed them. That's what God does. And he says, I'm going to hold your life up for my glory and put you on display. But we have a whole nother kingdom that is over here that is trying to keep us in bondage, that is trying to keep us in darkness, that is trying to keep us believing lies and keeping us addicted and keeping us enslaved. Why? Because then he can look at God and he can say, see, you're not as powerful as you think you are. I've still got them. They're mine. That's us. Guys, we find ourselves in the middle of these two kingdoms and we are valuable because they are looking at us. I want to share with you a story that many of you have probably heard, but some of you have probably never heard this story in its entirety. And I want to read it to you tonight in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter three in verse one, we read a story about how God had just created the world as we know it. And then he begins this interaction. Says the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day the serpent asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat of it or even touch it, and if you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God just knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. You will know both good and evil. The woman was convinced of this. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband, who was standing with her, and he ate it too. At that very moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the God. They hid among the trees. And then God called out to the man and he said, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. Typical. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. And then God said to the serpent, I'm going to stop right there. In this interaction between God and man, You guys got to understand, this is the first guy to walk the earth. This is Adam, the first man. There is nobody else in the distant parts of the world. God created the world. He said, it's absolutely perfect. It is sickness-free. It is anger-free. It is abuse-free. There is no such thing as getting old and losing your hair. There's no such thing as wrinkles. You don't get overweight You never break down and have to have a knee replacement. There's nothing wrong with this place. It is perfect. And one day, this snake comes into the scene. And he begins to talk to the man. Begins to talk to the woman. And he begins to do the one thing that he is still doing to this very day. He began to lie. He began to lie to them about God. What kind of lies did he say? Well, the first thing he says is he questions what God had told them. See, God had told them, you can have anything you want on this earth. You can eat anything you want. It's all good. But there is one tree that you can't touch. There's only one. Everything else you can have. I wonder sometimes about that one tree. I wonder why, God, did you have to put that one tree there? See, I believe God wanted us to want to love him. I believe that God wanted us to choose to want to have a relationship with him. And in every respect, in every relationship, there has to be respect, right? In every relationship, there has to be a mutual understanding. And when God says, this is my area where you've got to respect, they trampled it. And the serpent lies to them and says, basically, God's withholding something good from you. God cannot be trusted. Don't eat the fruit because if you do, you're missing out on something that's really good in your life. And we read here in the story that they did, they they ate the fruit and as a result, the perfect creation started to crumble. It started to deteriorate. In that moment, Something happened between God and Satan. In that moment was the very first time in Scripture that is recorded where Satan actually influenced somebody and got them to follow him. It's the first time in in Scripture where we can see that Satan began to use his devices to try to lure people away from God. And he did it successfully. So I tell you again that there are two kingdoms that are watching us tonight. There is light and there is darkness and you're at the focus of their attention. You are the prize. I am the prize. I am the one that they are looking at. When this interaction between God and man happened and this devastating thing took place, we gotta ask what exactly were the consequences of this? What did we lose? What happened as a result of them eating this forbidden fruit? Well, as we read a little further in this story, we find that as a result of their actions, there was actually a curse. There was actually something that had to be done because of the sin that had entered. And this is what God said to the woman. He said, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancies And in pain, now you will give birth. Very interesting. He said to the woman, you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and you ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is now cursed because of you. All of your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it, and it'll grow thorns and thistles, and you will eat of its grains. Listen to this, he says, by the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat, until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. This is a heavy, heavy thing that's happening When God starts to talk this way to his children. See, up until this moment, you have to understand. God was everything to them. He was their absolute source. He provided everything that they needed. There's a Hebrew word for God that is called Jehovah Jireh. And it literally means the God who provides what I need our provider. When God told his children, because of what you've done, you have to leave the garden. When he looked at at, at Adam and he said, son, because of what you've done, now you're going to have to provide your own food by the sweat of your brow. And you're going to have to work the ground and it's not going to produce what you want it to produce. What he was saying to Adam is Adam, I cannot be your provider any longer. You must provide for yourself. I am stepping out of the position of Jehovah Jireh in your life. Man, that's heavy. You know what he says to the woman? He says, I have been your emotional everything. I have provided everything that you need as a woman to satisfy you. But because of what you've done to our relationship, you're gonna look at Adam and want him to satisfy. You're gonna want, you're gonna have feelings to want to control him. And it'll never happen. And you're gonna have to live that way for the rest of your life. If I were to ask women here, actually if I could ask men here, anybody that's ever been in a relationship, how many of you have ever been in a relationship with a woman who feels out of control, all of us. You know where it started. And so we see that at the beginning of this devastating event, you and I got screwed bad. I mean, seriously, this, this, this jacked up civilization as we know it, and we had, we had a bad deck hand dealt to us, right? All joking aside, we see in this story that Satan lied about God. And you know what? He still lies today. He still lies about God today. Have you believed Satan's lies about God? Have you believed the things that Satan has told you about God? Have you listened to the things that he's tried to persuade you to believe? Maybe you don't know. Let me tell you what they sound like. Some of the things that Satan will lie to us about and he will try to convince us to believe is that money will make us happy. Anybody here ever believe that one? Yeah. Many of us have heard, if I only had the man of my dreams that listened to me when I talked, and did the dishes when he ate, and picked up after himself. I'm sorry dudes, I, I didn't mean to do that to you. Many of us have listened to the lies that are passed down from father to son, from generation to generation. Many of us have believed the lie that if I could just be in control, I'd be happy. Many of us have believed the lie that if I could just be successful in a career, if I could just climb the ladder a little bit and have a little more than my parents had and provide a little more for my kids, that's all I want. That's all I would need. But what you don't realize is that every single one of those things is a twist on what you really need. See, the root of the matter is really... That we lost God. And we need God in our hearts and in our lives again. Jesus said this amazing thing in John chapter 10. He said about himself, all who came before me were like thieves and robbers. But this sheep did not listen to them. He said, I am the gate. And those who come in through me, they will be saved. They will come and go freely, and they will find good pastures. But listen to this. But the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, Jesus' purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, when we think of these two kingdoms that are at work all around us, many times they go undetected. Many times we are ignorant, completely ignorant of what's happening and how it's happening. And we go through our life completely giving it no thoughts whatsoever. And we get into situations where we're like, how did I get here? Or we get into circumstances where we wonder, is this really just me? Or is there something else that's going on here? And we don't really know how to figure it out. I'm gonna tell you right now how you can figure out which kingdom is at work in your life and all around. Let me tell you the simplest way and it'll change everything about the way you look at your life. You can tell which kingdom is at work in your life by the fruit that is produced. You can tell whether the kingdom of God is at work in your life, or the kingdom of darkness is at work in your life by the fruit that is produced, by the results, by what you see all around you. Do you see what Jesus said about himself, that I have come to give you a satisfying and rich and good life? Or do you see somebody that is trying to steal Somebody that is trying to kill. Somebody that is trying to destroy the things in your life. It's pretty black and white when you look at it that way. You ever had anything stolen from you before? Sucks, huh? If you've ever had anything stolen from you, then you know. There's probably not a very... There's probably not a long list of things that feels worse. You feel violated. You think in terms of, I had something, now it's gone. There's a huge sense of loss in your life depending upon what was stolen. Sometimes your identity, sometimes the things that make you who you are when they're stolen affect you deeply. Do you realize that when we read this story in the Bible, between God and man, that every single one of us had our life stolen from us. Our life was stolen from us in the garden. The life that God had wanted for you and me was ripped off, was taken. And many of us go through life without even realizing it. We go through life without even giving it a second thought. But the reason that we are going over the next several weeks to try to undercover, pull out from under the cover, the darkness and the light and the two kingdoms at work is because I believe more than anything that God wants to give you your life back. That Jesus has come so that you could have what he always wanted for you to have. That he wants to give back to you the very things that were stolen from you. That he wants to show the world around and put your life on display in such a way that he would be able to prove the love that he has, not just for you, but for the world all around you. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, I want to read you a scripture. It says, We are human, but we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the very strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts We teach them how to obey Christ. My friends, it is time for us to begin to realize that we can fight back. We don't have to sit here and take it. We don't have to feel this overwhelming powerlessness in our life any longer. But you can't fight the way that you are instinctually wired to fight. See, there's a, there's a, if I were to say how many of you in this room are fighters, man, we would have UFC right here. It would be on because you guys know how to fight. But scripture says if you want to really understand how to get your life back, you've got to learn a new way to fight. You've got to learn that there is a new set of weapons to use, that there is a new way of attacking, that there's a new way of defending yourself. That there's a new way to be able to see victory in your life. And guess what? God is teaching us how to do this right here, right now. In the last couple weeks, I have seen in your lives amazing, amazing spiritual activity going on. I have seen both kingdoms raging, I have seen the kingdom of darkness and I have seen the kingdom of light. I have seen them totally going after us like like crazy right now. When I say that we are the object, I feel like like there's this arena all around our lives and everybody is watching to see what's going to happen next. And some of us are getting knocked over and we're just laying there on the ground going, somebody pick me up. And there's other people that are just running down the sideline for a touchdown. I mean, there is all kinds of stuff happening right now. And it's time for us to wake up and become aware of the reality of it. In the last two weeks, I can tell you that almost every single teacher, leader, person that is in some sort of charge of something here at Gravity Church, people that I know that are pastors of other churches in the Lodi Central Valley area, in the last two weeks, I can tell you of at least a dozen things or more that have happened that are not normal, but they are bad. I've heard of people that were suicidal. I've heard of people that wanted to leave their spouse, people that had been married a long time that says, I'm done, I'm out. I've heard of children that have, for no apparent reason, decided that it's time for me to start doing what I want to do and I'm not going to listen to my parents any longer. I've heard of people coming down with random sicknesses. I've heard of all kinds of chaos going all around. And when you begin to feel the weight of all of this coming at you, it's heavy. It's crippling. It makes you feel overwhelmed and it makes you feel powerless. But you know what I have seen? I have seen God begin to rise up inside of us. I've begun to see God rise up in people that have barely even called themselves a follower of Christ. Rising up and saying, you know what, I'm not gonna take this. And beginning to pray and beginning to say, God, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you've got what I need and I'm just gonna ask for help. And I'm watching God answer prayers. I'm watching people that are turning and leaving angry and just done with everything that's happening turning around and coming back with tears in their eyes and humility in their hearts saying, I don't want to leave. This is what I want. I want God. And my friends, I'm telling you that what we are experiencing here and what we are doing is no joke. We don't do this on Saturday nights because we want to put on a show or because we want to entertain you or us. We are doing this because we truly believe that there are two kingdoms at work. One of them wants to kill you One of them wants to steal from you. One of them wants to take your family and they want to destroy them and they want to hold them by the throat and rip everything that's good out of them. But there's another kingdom at work that wants nothing more than to rescue and to go in and behind the scenes pull them out and to bring them back to life and to be able to invigorate them. And I'm telling you that if you're here tonight and you're aware of these kingdoms at work in your life, and you're feeling devastated, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling defeated, you do not have to leave here tonight feeling that way. You can walk out of here feeling the power of God and feeling him lift the burden off of your heavy shoulders and lift your head that you can't even seem to look up anymore. He can do that for you because he's done it for me and because he's done it for so many people all around here. In just a few moments, we're gonna be taking communion together. We do this every week and you know that, that come here regularly. But tonight, we're gonna to be doing something that's a little bit different. We're gonna also be offering prayer for those of you here that need it. We believe that this time in our lives is a time that we are not, we are not taking it for granted, that there are some of you here that need help and you're not, you're not brave enough to ask for it. So we want you to know that we're gonna to come to you And if you need prayer here tonight, we're going to ask you to do something that just requires a little bit of strength. When we all get up to come and take communion and to spend a few moments with God, we take this bread and this juice and those of us that are followers of Jesus, we spend a few moments with God and we get real with Him and we let Him talk to us and open up our hearts. Those of us that are believers and followers of God, this is a time when we worship God by giving back a portion of our finances. We believe that if we love God, we give everything to him, including our money. And so this is a really strategic time in our service where we just basically come to God and we just lay it all out there. But tonight, if you're here tonight and you're heavy and you're burdened and you need help, when we get done with communion, you have to come up here and you have to let us help you. There are a room full of people here tonight that want nothing more than to be able to pray with you and to be able to show love to you and to be able to give you the strength that you can't find in and of yourself. And so if you're here tonight and you need prayer, all you got to do is just come up here. Just come and sit or kneel here, and we will come to you. We will not make you sit here long. We will find you, and we will strengthen you, and we will pray with you. I know that there's a lot of people in this room tonight with all kinds of different backgrounds. I know there's some of you here that believe in Jesus, and some of you here that don't even have never even opened a Bible, and you're far from God, and And that's cool. That's why we do this because we believe that to be able to have a place where everybody can come as they are is really what Jesus is all about. And so we're not asking you to do anything that you don't want to do. But if you're here and I'm talking to you, then you know this is what you need to do. So I'm going to have the band come on back up and we're going to worship for another minute or two. We're going to have communion together. We're going to give you a chance to respond to God tonight. Give you a chance to open up your heart and to be able to let your your feelings that you're carrying right now come out. And to be able to just let God have you tonight. You've been listening to gravitychurch.com.